Good morning. How are you coping with the cold? <laughs> it's fine? <laughs> yeah. I like this welcome. I didn't get one. I suppose there's something sweet out there. Yeah. Maybe I'll open it now. <laughs> okay. It's great to be together with you. Mark, thank you for the welcome. Uh, the church that uh, I lead in Mumbai is called Living Hope Church. So we have some similarity already. And uh, your pastor, Mark, lived in Mumbai for, for a year. So there's another connection. And I'm wondering why it took so long for me to come here. <laughs> so it's wonderful. My wife, Julie, and our dear friend, Tony. Uh, Tony and Sally, they live in uh, Woking. Uh, that's our second home, according to them. So we take that invitation very seriously. Uh, every time when we come here, we make sure that we connect with them and they really look after us. So, so thank you, Tony. Um, my wife's cousin and her daughter is up uh, at the back. Um, you know, it's great to have you both. Uh, maybe some of you can extend a welcome to them at the end. Right. Uh, this trip to England was planned suddenly. Uh, we were not thinking of coming to England. We would love to come to England, but not in the month of January. <laughs> we love you, but not so much <laughs> uh, to come with, uh, you know, bearing the cold. Um, so I have taken a very bold step to remove my jacket and to preach. One way that you can keep me warm is by clapping. <laughs> so please do that. It will help you and help me as well. Um, if I ask you a question that... Uh, Mark, it is um, 10 to 12, so I can go up till... Uh... <laughs> That's right. He's a, he's a true pastor. He understands a preacher. So, well done. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, well done. So, I won't go up to two, 3 o'clock, but maybe 2.30. <laughs> uh, if I ask you a question, that from the Bible there is a, um, there's a scripture, it says... The Lord will provide. How many would like that scripture? Yeah? The Lord will provide. Do you like the sound of it? Right. A friend of mine from Mumbai, he and his wife, they moved to London in Wimbledon. And uh, his wife, she got a job and he didn't get a job for quite some time. So just difficult to live in you know, London with just one job. And so he tried for different things. And then finally he got a job and his boss was Russian. Is there any Russian here? No. Good. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Um, the, when I say good, it is you need to evangelize among the Russians. <laughs> you need to get them in. Um, so his boss said, see, look, I like your work. I like to employ you, but I don't have, I can't give you, a kind of a salary. Instead, I'll give you a bare minimum wages, but also I'll give you a few shares of my company. 
Now, my shares didn't mean anything. It was just one pound for a share. So he said, any which way, I will take it. So he took um, part of his wages, he took shares, and he had a number of shares. Guess what? After some time, his company did so well, the share price has gone to almost 1,000 pounds. And so he hit a jackpot. Literally, he earned a million pound. Not bad, isn't it? The Lord will provide. <laughs> now, he was a worship leader in one of our commission, um, uh, New Frontiers churches, but he didn't expect this. Now, if such things happens to you, what would be your reaction in today's term, 2024? If you get a million pound, Mark, what will you do? <laughs> You'll definitely take me out. <laughs> I welcome that. Any, any other, if you just speak to me. I love, you know, in our church, people uh, speak back to me. They don't disturb me, but they will respond. <laughs> so, uh, if you get a, uh, what's your name? Tom. Tom. If you get a million pound, what will you do? Uh, ha. <laughs> He's already living in that world. <laughs> okay. Besides moving to Bahamas, what will you do? What would be your immediate reaction? Yes. Good. Give it to charity. All right. Okay. Some of it. What would you do? That's a new millennial, uh, new generation, generation Z. Yeah. What would you do, sister? You would invest. Okay. All of you are very smart people. You have done Bahamas, charity. Uh, you, go to, you, go to, you go to take some advice. <laughs> Investment, wonderful. But I think the answers are good. That's what you feel. But how many would say that if you win a jackpot, like a million pound, how many would you know, put it on your Instagram and say that, you know, hey, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I hope you'll not get mugged. <laughs> but, but the fact is, we would like to tell people, right? If you, in your family WhatsApp group or Instagram, in your friends, you don't want to keep quiet. Why? Because something happened to you. Something that unexpected came on your way. But I think that's what happened. There's a story in the Bible about a man called Abraham. So we're going to read the scripture. So what I would really like, Jen is going to help us in reading Genesis 22, verse 1 to 15 from ESV version. All right? So um, would you like to stand as a mark of respect and reverence to the word of God? Right. Um, so we're reading from Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning 
saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they both went, so they both, so they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound his Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Thank you. Father, we thank you for this amazing word, wonderful story. I want to pray, God, for this word will come alive to each one of us today. Lord, it will uh, move out of the pages of the Bible. It will come, Lord, even from the preaching, it will travel into every heart. And you will touch us, Lord God. I pray, God, you would raise our expectation. Holy Spirit of God, you are the best teacher. So do your work in our midst, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, please. Genesis 22, verse 1 begins. It says, after these things, God tested Abraham. When you see a scripture like that, the obvious question is, after which things? After these things, Abraham tested, uh, God tested Abraham. Now, in order to understand, you may want to read a few chapter, earlier chapters. And now, Abraham was a wonderful man. God called him. He, uh, he took a step of faith. He was always known for the father of faith. But he was not a perfect man. He did few mistakes. Even after receiving God's call, he made few mistakes. Is there anyone in this room that you haven't made a mistake? <laughs> I have. I have. 
I've been pastoring the church for more than 25 years. I have made mistakes as a pastor. I have said things sometimes may have offended people. I believe uh, some of our heroes in our church are those people who were there from the beginning, the starting of the church, our church, and they're still there. Two, three families are still there. I think they have endured me a lot. If you are that long for a pastor for that long for 25 years, in all probability, you would have actually made a few mistakes and blunders. Now, that's not only for the pastors. I'm sure you as an individual have made some blunders. You as a husband or a wife would have made some blunders. You as a father or a mother or a child, you would have made some blunders. But the call of God upon you will not change, even if you make some blunders. Abraham, at this point, when you read Genesis 22, he has already made some serious blunders. In chapter 20, you will discover that he nearly, nearly sold his wife for his own protection. If you have such people in your midst, I'm sure you don't want to be part of your leadership team. <laughs> such people are not going to lead the church, definitely. I mean, you want somebody who will protect their wife, protect their family. That's the kind of leaders and people that we look for. Someone who his own safety, he said, take her away. She's my sister. You can have fun with her. That's what exactly he did. But then, God didn't leave Abraham because he made that kind of mistake. There was something about the call of God upon, David, uh, upon Abraham. And I want you to understand that, brothers and sisters, you are called by God. Yes, we are part of a church. This church is part of commission. Commission is part of New Frontiers. New Frontiers is part of the global family of you know, God's church, which is good. But our primary identity lies with that we have been called by God. Can I hear an amen for that? We've been called by God. Yes, he made mistakes, some serious blunders he made, but he's still pressing on. And if you feel that you are that person that, oh, I made some blunders, I don't know how God sees me at this time, it's okay. God doesn't see you differently because he already knew that you would make that mistake. He says, I have seen you. Before you were born in your mother's womb, I knew you completely. So you are not a surprise to me. You may be a surprise to you or you may be a surprise to others. But you and I are not a surprise to God. Say to your neighbor, you're not a surprise to God. That is one way of making you speak. <laughs> so the chapter begins by saying, after these things. Now, when God promised Abraham a son, he heard God, but he didn't hear very clearly. Or he chose not to pay attention to what he heard. So he took a very 
not so godly advice he took an advice from his wife sarai and he slept with his uh, her's maid servant and they had a son ishmael that was not god's plan that was one blunder saying that sarai is his sister was another blunder so but god is saying after all these blunders it would have been ideally saying after all these blunders god tested abraham that would have been the ideal thing but it's just written there after these things god tested abraham is there anyone being tested here any time you know someone said you are either coming out of a test or you are in a test or you're going into a test any teachers here in this room teachers be bold put your hand up yeah there are a few teachers if you are a teacher and you are teaching the children and you are you have a test paper coming and the whole class says to you teacher thank you for teaching us so well we know everything yeah you don't need to do any test we know everything does the teacher take that no since you know everything let me test you so the test is not because you're not done your homework test is whether you how well you're doing it so sometimes we don't like tests but the tests are a good thing in my view that's that's one place you know how well you are doing i think in all this you see that god is testing abraham god is testing abraham abraham probably didn't know that with this god is testing me abraham thought this is something that i have to obey god so he wasn't thinking that i will pass this test and then god would be pleased and he will bless me and hence for there won't be any test in my life that's not abraham didn't know we know that because it is written in the bible abraham didn't know that this he had to go through this test now this is a word i believe would help almost every one of us maybe you are coming out of a test maybe you are in it already or maybe you would be going into one either which way it will bless you for today or if it will definitely bless you for tomorrow now that i don't desire tests for everyone i hope we can continue to live without much test in our life but i wanted you to know that tests are a good thing it really increases our faith our trust in god our faith in god and i believe tests are a good thing to see that how well we are progressing amen unless there is a test it is difficult to see whether how we can promote a person a child from standard 5 to maybe going to standard 7 or 8 when you reach that level the child would have already gone through number of tests because the how the child performed in the test determines how she or he, she or he will be promoted so tests are good every test will help each one of us to get to the next level walking more closely walking more intimately knowing god more dearly in our life amen amen so uh, three things that i want to bring out from this passage the first one is 
Abraham's faith was tested. Not just Abraham. Abraham's faith was tested. Verse 1 to 10, it says that uh, the test was this. Take your son, your only son. Please listen to these words very carefully. Take your son, your only son, whom you love. Good parenting there. So he loves his son. Son is very happy. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. You don't like that word, right? In, you know, Bible, some pages of the Bible is like R-rated. You don't read that as a bedtime thing to the children. If somebody says that, you know, take your child and burn him as a, you know, sacrifice him as a burnt offering today, in all probability you'll go to jail. That's what God asked Abraham to do. Take your only son. I told you it's about the test. Test of your faith. Test of your trust and character in God. Take your only son and offer him as a sacrifice. Not just a sacrifice, as a burnt offering. Abraham has offered many sacrifices in the past, but not one like this. I think it would be good to note that the emotions this man would have gone through at that point. When you read as a Bible reading program, this is Genesis 22, probably you will not stay there too long enough to understand what would be the emotions of a father. A father who waited for a son for a very long time. He made a mistake, he had another son, but God is not talking about sacrificing that son. In a way, that would have been probably much more easier approach. Take your other son and sacrifice. Not this one, because he loved Isaac very much. But then God said, you know, I want you to sacrifice your one and only son. The only son I want you to sacrifice. The emotions are embedded in these scriptures. There is an intensity in hearing that command. And I don't know if you and I hear something like that, how many would like the audible voices from God? Oh, I want to hear God. I have heard the audible voice of God a few times in my life. When I was alone, I did hear God speak to me very clearly, loud and clear, and it was an audible voice. Now, though I like to hear the audible voices of God, but I don't like to hear something like this. And that's what he heard. It was a command. This command goes against all common sense. Yes or no? All common sense you can put together and this is, it doesn't fit with that. That's what happened. How could, now these are the emotions. If I was in Abraham's place, or you may be going through the same emotions, how could God ask me this? Would you do that? Or you would say, yes, Lord, I was waiting for this moment. Tell me which one to sacrifice. 
I'm ready. I have four. I don't mind taking one. No, you would not do that. You would, I would do that. I would say that, God, how could you ask me this? I've been so, I made few blunders. I've made few mistakes, but this is too much, right? Don't ask me, God. How could he make such a request to make a sacrifice of my only son? How could he ask me to give up so much? I waited for this for so long. How could he ask me such a thing? Or you could do that, you know, this can't be right. I don't think I've heard God clearly. Or in today's terms, all of us, charismatic, you know, evangelical kind of a people, we will say that, you know, oh, that's not God. Get behind me, Satan. That would be one reaction. I heard God. I know how to hear God. This is definitely not God. Get behind me, Satan. And God would be very pleased with me. No, this is not. He had none of these reactions. He's a strange man. No wonder God loved him so much. He had none of these reactions. He prepares himself. Abraham does not drag his feet. Abraham gets up early in the morning. No delay. Early in the morning, makes preparations. Again, brothers and sisters, when God asks us to do something, we must prepare ourselves to obey. We must prepare ourselves to obey because God loves us obeying Him at once. Procrastination is something that we thrive sometimes. When God says something to us, I'll think about it. If everything goes well, I'll show up. You know, we heard about the 21 day fasting. Prayer and fasting that you are, is a wonderful thing. We do that at the beginning of the year. We do that, something called 40 days of prayer in the beginning, during the, in, the, you know, in between. Um, so prayer and fasting is something very close to our heart as well. And I like the theme that you shared. It is to draw us close to God. It's a wonderful thing. But you know, it takes some sort of preparation from our midst to be part of it. Otherwise, it can be a great idea from the pastoral team, the leadership team. The church is praying and fasting, but I'm busy. <laughs> you got to prepare ourselves to obey when God asks us to do something. Abraham gets up early in the morning, makes preparations and set off to obey the command of the Lord. And I want us to really take that one as a practical thing for from this word. Anytime God asks you to do something, you hear, when you hear a sermon, you know that God is putting some, a finger in your heart, on your heart and say that, you know, that's for you. I want you to obey. I want you to leave that. I want you to hold on to this. I want you to give. I want you to spend time with me. I want you to give, make that extra, go that extra mile. All these little things, we hear it, but may I just encourage you to make a preparation. God, you asked me to go that extra mile. I'm going to do it. 
you ask me to get up early, pray, I'm going to do it. God, you ask me to give, I'm going to do it. Even as you hear, maybe God is putting certain areas in your life and say that, you know, that's what I want you to obey. Maybe God would say that, you know, I want you to stay away from that relationship. Do it. Maybe God is saying, I want you to pursue this relationship. Maybe God would say to you, I want you to forgive. I want you to move on. Maybe our response is that, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to prepare myself to do it. There is a, there is a tremendous amount of foreshadowing from this passage that we just read. You know, the first one in, uh, in verse 4, it is on the third day Abraham saw the place from afar where he is going to sacrifice his son. And he told his servants, you wait here, me, my son, and the firewood, we are all going up there and we will come back. Somehow he believed that's what was going to happen. Right? In Hosea chapter 6 verse 1 and 2 says, Come, let us run to the Lord. For he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will rise up and that we may live before him. So there is a foreshadowing of the third day that we can pick up. Number of times that you can see that a foreshadowing of what is going to happen. You read that in the book of Esther. On the third day, she rose up and presented before the king for the safety and the protection of her people. And it was granted. The next foreshadowing comes in verse 5. And it says, um, verse, six, uh, verse 5 to 8, say that when Isaac asks where the lamb is for the burnt offering, Abraham says, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. That's an interesting answer, isn't it? He didn't say that God will provide for us. He said, the Lord will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. Again, there is a foreshadowing of that. That would have happened many years later. Many years later, we will come to that in a bit. But, you know, just think about that. The Lord will provide for himself the lamb. The lamb, the Lord will provide the need that we have. The cost for the sacrifice will not come from us, will come from God himself. The cost for the salvation that you and I enjoy is not paid by us because salvation came to us free because the price was paid by Jesus. Amen? It's not our sacrifice. It is not our contribution. It is not our good, good deeds. It is all paid in full by Jesus. Amen? In Hebrews 11, 17 to 19, by faith, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had re received the promise 
was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, though Isaac shall, shall your offspring be named, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So when he was taking his only son to offer as a sacrifice, Abraham, this is what is said in Hebrews, he's saying, Abraham believed, even if I have to sacrifice my son, God will raise him back to life. What a wonderful assurance that he had. He said, I am going to obey God. I am going to obey his command. And if, even if my son dies, but I'm confident in God. Why he was so confident? Because he looked at the passing. He, when God promised him a son, he took a shortcut by going and sleeping with Hagar and had a son that was not God's plan. But God didn't say that you made a mess of my plan and I'm not going to bless you again. No, God came back again. God came back and said, I will give you a son through Sarah. Sarah. Brothers and sisters, the God whom we worship, the God we sang about this morning, he is a faithful God. We are in 2024. You know, people uh, preach about words on December 31st. You know, your best is yet to come. You know, that is wonderful. It is there in the scripture. The best is yet to come. You know, all these kind of things you can take, preach. But I do feel, I have been looking at my life in the last um, few years. I have, I have seen promises. I have received promises. But I felt my hardships have not decreased. What has happened is that faithfulness of God became more and more evident in my life. More difficulties that I went through, I saw more faithfulness of God. If you are going through saying that 2023 was difficult and 2024 will bring me luck, prosperity, can I just say, hold it. Even if prosperity does not come, even if all good times does not come, the faithfulness of God will always be there for you. He will. You don't have to look for when the calendar turns from 23 to 24, everything is going to be well. No, the year doesn't make any difference. But standing close to God and walking in step with God will all make all the differences. So the faithfulness of God is constant. Calendar will turn. New year will come. The new year will become old year. But the faithfulness of God is constant. Can I hear an amen for that? That's what happened through Abraham. And Abraham saying that, you know, I have seen how God has been faithful. Even when I made a, you know, blunder in my life, I made a mistake. God overlooked that and gave me another son. And even if I have to sacrifice this son, I know he will raise him back to life. That's the confidence that I believe God would expect from us 
God is faithful to show his commitment even through our unfaithfulness. And point number two is fearing God. God is faithful, but Abraham shows that he fears God. So, knowing God's faithfulness is a good thing. Abraham knew he was coming back um, down with Isaac. I don't know how he thought about it. I would be thinking about the funeral. I'd be thinking about how people will, people will uh, look at me. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm sure when Abraham took his son, he thought a lot about it, but he didn't speak to Sarai. I'm sure he didn't speak to her. If he had spoken to her, she said, sit down. You're not going anywhere. You may be Abraham, you may be anything, but you heard God in the past. I, I have followed you blindly for many things, not this one. Keep my son there. That is from Sarah's side. Imagine Isaac. Of course, he came back, came down back with his father. Next time, father says, son, let's go for a walk. Dad, I'm not coming with you this time. I'm not coming, dad. He said, let's go for a coffee, son. I want to have a chat. No, please, dad. Let's sit down here before mama and we'll have all the chat. Because last time you nearly plunged the knife on me. I love you, dad, but not so much. That's how we think, right? But Abraham, his fearing God, fear, on, fear of God was so high. And I want to say this to you. If you fear God in its totality, there is nothing to be afraid of God. Nothing to be afraid of God. If you fear God in everything, there are things that he would want us to fear him. And if you fear him that way, there is nothing to be afraid of God. So Abraham had a deep conviction in, 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 uh, in hearing God. And there are four times, three times God speaking to him when he called Abraham, Abraham, his first response, here am I. He had a good hearing. Sometimes we don't hear God. And the third time, you know, fourth time when his Isaac called, here am I. His response, he knew how to hear men. He knew how to hear God. Both are important. So God knows, brothers and sisters, that you and I will be faithful. The question is, will you be faithful? He knows that we will be. That's why he tested Abraham. Somehow God knew Abraham will pass the test. Nothing he did until that point when he drew the knife. Till then, there was no conversation. He said he didn't give him any clue. Like, you know, this is a, this is a clue I'm giving you. Nothing. While, while Abraham, Isaac and the wood on the donkey was climbing the hill from one side, Abraham didn't know the ramp was climbing on the other side. When we are put into test, when you and I go through difficult times, we think 
we carry this all by ourselves brothers and sisters no we don't carry this all by ourselves while god has called us to persevere that's why it's in apostle paul says these light and momentary troubles are achieving us a glory that far outweighs them all therefore seen is temporary what is unseen is eternal amen there are things that you do, you and i don't see it abraham didn't see the ram coming up on the other side of the mountain but he believed i'm going to persevere i'm going to endure this hardship if god has called me he has been faithful to me in the past and i know he will not let me down now was god faithful to you in 2023 answer me please was god faithful to you in 2022 was god faithful to you in the years gone by why wouldn't he be faithful to you in 2024 it doesn't matter who rules the government it doesn't matter who rules the city it doesn't matter you know who's your boss what matters is this that god is still sovereign god is still sovereign so he would desire from us fearing god means holding back nothing but giving everything to god when he demands from us he doesn't demand from us every time he doesn't ask, ask us to make sacrifices on a daily basis but when he demands we want to be faithful to him will you be faithful the question is for you and i he knows that we will be but the question is whether will you be faithful and that leads to my to me to my final point the lord provides for himself the lord provides for himself you know today i feel that when um when people when we when we when we hear something god when we want to do something for god we are in a hurry to publish 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 it you know instagram twitter facebook and all that imagine abraham going with his son son look here take a selfie and let's post it to everyone mama will come to know where we are going you know sometimes family news are come published through social media they don't talk they don't talk across the table you know we come through a family whatsapp group or you know so, oh my son is there he didn't tell me but he posted on the instagram it happens right but abraham was not worried about publish publish publishing to anyone he didn't even tell his wife he just obeyed god abraham told isaac that the lord will provide for himself you know abraham um lift up his eyes and finds the hill where um he's going to sacrifice his son when he reached there he drew the knife so there was nothing like it was like it's not going to happen he drew the knife and he was about to plunge the knife on his only son he heard this voice the angel called out abraham abraham don't lay your hand on your son don't do it we like to hear that first there is a journey brothers and sisters from the lord will provide 
to get to that point you have to journey what abraham has journeyed we all like the headlines we all like to give breaking news this world is obsessed with breaking news this world is obsessed with headlines oh the lord will provide after two days the lord will or his faith it's all good but there is a process to get to that place i want to encourage every one of you we are in the beginning of 2024 make a decision i'm going to trust god i'm going to trust in his faithfulness i'm going to fear god above everything when he asks me to do something i will not procrastinate it i will prepare myself to obey not to disobey that's what abraham did for for with his son the lord provided the sacrifice to be made on the mountain on that day the lord will provide was proved by the lord himself you know in second uh, chronicles chapter 3 verse 1 when solomon built the temple he built it on on mount moriah the same temple where isaac was to be sacrificed 960 years after solomon built that temple outside the city gate of the temple there was another sacrifice was made it was jesus himself he was crucified 960 years so you can see the um you know how these stories are linked up when abraham saw on the third day they said that you know he told his servants we are going there and we're going to come back and that's what happened when jesus was sacrifice on mount calvary there when he was crucified this time when the knife went not literally a knife the plan of jesus to be sacrificed for your sins and my sins that plan was made this time there was no voice from heaven saying that stop sacrificing jesus there was nothing like that this time the knife came down this time the son was sacrificed this time the son was buried and god was pleased god was pleased with that sacrifice that was made on that day in uh, Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with, with him graciously give us all things? God spared Isaac, but God did not spare his own son for your sake and my sake the story is has a happy ending but when it came to jesus story it wasn't a happy ending 
But like Abraham told his servants on the third day, he saw the hill on the third day, on third day and said, we will go there and we will come back after sacrificing. When God the Father, when his son was buried on the third day, the son rose again. On the third day, sun rose again. And the sun returned. The difference between Isaac and Jesus is this. Isaac lived and died. Jesus died and he rose again. And Jesus will come back. Jesus will come back. So when we read this passage, it's not just only a story of a father sacrificing his son. There's a provision of God. The Lord will provide. It remains true even today. The Lord has provided his only son for the salvation of mankind. Not that the, the ram was provided for as a substitution for Isaac. His own son was sacrificed on Mount Calvary. He he has provided his son for you and I. So that means you and I need to be, need, don't need to be sacrificed because Jesus became our ultimate sacrifice for you and I. Today, if you do not know what Jesus has done for you, brothers and sisters, may I present to you Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. He died on the cross in your place and my place. And if you put your trust in Him, you may be coming to, coming to this church, but if you haven't put your trust in Jesus, and if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, may I plead with you, I will go back this afternoon. May I plead with you, give your life to Jesus. He not only rose again on the third day, He is going to come back to this world, not to die again, but to take all of us who believe in Jesus Christ, He will take Him, take us with Him to be with Him for eternity. So our hope in Christ is not just for the life we live now. Our hope in Christ does not just limit it to this life here. It is for eternity. We will be with God forever and ever. It is a marvelous story. But there are, there, are, there are people who walked faithfully. There are people who walked with hope. People who walked in fearing God to see this happen. And that's our invitation for an invitation from God to all of us. You and I don't need to go to the altar and sacrifice ourselves like many other religions have that practice even today. Because our lamb has been sacrificed already. And if we believe in him, we will live with him forever and ever. I want you to close your eyes. May I invite the band to come up? Abraham, as he took Isaac, it says in Hebrews eleven nineteen, he considered 
that God was able to even to raise him from the dead. From which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. If we put our trust in Jesus, we will have eternal life. I want to present these thoughts. I want every eyes to be closed. And at the end of these sharing, I'm going to ask you to respond to God and then we will worship the Lord and then I will hand over the meeting to Mark. The, my first consideration for you is this. God will test your faith. Just because you heard this word, you will not avoid the test, but God will test you and your faith. The only way to know if you fear God is for your faith to be tested. So test is not a bad thing. In your test, you are going to sacrifice whatever God asks of you. My question is, will you offer the things that God asks you to sacrifice? Maybe an unholy alliance. Maybe a relationship that is not helping you to grow in your, in your walk with God. Maybe God is saying, I want you to lay that on the altar. Will you? Maybe a kind of a partnership is not really helping you financially. Maybe it's not helping you in your own life. Maybe God is saying, I want you to lay, off, lay that down. Will you lay it down? Will you hold fast to God even at a great personal cost? Some of you may have to pay a price to follow Jesus. Many in our nation when they decide to follow Jesus, a family disowns them. They are ostracized from their own family. Maybe some of you are going through that. Will you pay a personal cost to follow Jesus? Will you obediently give to God whatever he asks? Sometimes God says, I want you to give this. I want you to help this person financially but you have withheld. Even right now, maybe God is saying, I want you to be generous. Haven't I provided in the past? If I have not spared my own son, why would I spare in blessing you? What are you holding back from serving and loving the Lord because of all that he has done for you. And finally, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, may I plead with you today, give your life to Jesus. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. Return to him and he will return to you. Ask him to forgive all your sins. Invite him into your life. 
get plugged into a church and you will you will be able to enjoy this wonderful journey with jesus yes he will test you yes you will have to go through trials but he will walk with you he will prove that he is faithful to you if you feel that you want to respond to god in any of this area maybe someone say that i want to follow jesus from today because he has done it for me maybe saying god is asking me to lay down certain things i struggle i don't know how to do it but i need help you stand where you are i will pray for you maybe some things which a person god is saying i want you to obey me you you i want you to prepare yourself to obey me maybe you failed to do that in the past maybe god is saying today i want you to make a decision and there are people saying that i have never seen this side of this passage like this i want to grow in walking with god in fear of god in obeying god i struggle sometime but i want to grow in that area i want you also to respond if this word has come to you in any way and is saying i want i'm responding to one of this area maybe something god has spoken to you as you were listening respond to him today stand where you are i'm going to pray and i'll hand it over to the worship team thank you jesus just give me a few seconds don't look around just stand where you are and maybe someone say that i want to follow jesus i want to accept him as my lord and savior today i want to walk with him i want to fear him i want to obey him i want to be faithful to him wherever you are just stand where you are thank you jesus thank you lord thank you lord for this precious gathering thank you for this church thank you for this this gift of salvation that you've given to us thank you for this wonderful community lord thank you for your word i pray god as they have heard the word they've heard there are certain things that you challenge them your word challenges them i pray god will you enable them to walk in step with you will you enable them to take that step maybe some saying i want to follow jesus as my lord and savior from today lord i pray they will be serious and you will help them with that decision maybe some saying i want to fear god i want to be faithful i want to obey god father help each one of them we pray we give you praise and glory in jesus name let's